Hello, welcome. My name is Joe, and welcome to the Joe Martino Show. I want to talk to you today about something that is so important for healthy relationships, and it just doesn't get discussed in our society. In fact, I actually think our society is fostering the exact opposite. And then we're going to go with two, count them, two questions. Uh, Last week, I mentioned Amy from Grand Rapids wrote in, and another great question this week from Anne from Pittsburgh. I'm actually thinking about doing a series or an episode that's just questions. Questions come in uh, somewhat regularly, and I'm thinking about doing a series, or a, not a series, but an episode where we just answer questions that people have uh, written in about. My daughters go to a youth group that's doing a series called Conundrums, and obviously uh, that is, you know, about just things that are, that, that kids find difficult to explain, to understand, and move forward. And I'm wondering if there isn't people in the listening audience, some of you, my people in this community that uh, listen to this, who probably have some questions that you're like, man, I don't know if that's something uh, that would be, you know, m- maybe podcast worthy. And a lot of times I think it is. That's the beauty of this, right? We get to decide what we talk about. And sometimes we're not going to talk about maybe for a whole episode a question, but there are questions that we are going to talk about for a whole episode. And sometimes we're going to put a bunch of questions together. So keep the questions coming. I appreciate them. We are getting them. Uh, Some of them we're just not able to answer yet because they wouldn't necessarily fit into what we're doing. But if we were to do this conundrum series or or a, a, you know, just a random episode where we decided to do just questions, we could do a lot more and we could probably get a little bit more broad. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know. And we will move from there and adjust appropriately. Okay, so let's do the episode first, then we'll do the questions. And this topic could go really long or we could go short. It's just one of those topics. Here it is. Here is a key to healthy relationships. You don't have to be offended every time something frustrates you. You don't have to be offended every time something happens that you disagree with. Not everything that's a frustration is a problem. Not everything you disagree with is a problem. Stop being so easily offended. Train yourself to be less easily offended and you will have better relationships. You will simply have better relationships when you stop being so easily offended. It's no secret. My wife and I are both therapists and we talk about you know, what we're seeing in the room. We talk about techniques that are working. One of the things that we were talking about just this weekend is we're preparing for conference season. Conference season around our house is the spring. We do a lot of marriage conferences. And the two months of February and March just kind of take on their own life. We're excited to announce that we are working on doing a marriage retreat. This will be an intensified marriage conference for a minimum number of couples to get away to a nice place. This will probably be in a little bit warmer weather, April, May, May, June, somewhere in there, where we're going to engage them uh, in group sessions, individual sessions. It's going to be an awesome time. But so we're talking about conference sessions and then we're, or, or season, and we're talking about different things that are happening in the room. And one of the things that my wife says to me, and she says, is, I don't know how many people, they're just so easily offended by their spouse. They just assume the worst. And then they play power games. And this is a societal problem. If you don't believe me, look at how we're reacting to politics right now. I I take a boxing class a couple times a week at a local gym, and I love it. Uh, I've gotten to know the staff there. Yesterday, I'm done with class, walking out. It's me, the instructor, and the manager. And we start talking about kind of modern things. Things are, you know, current event issues. And you could watch everybody kind of like, okay, wait, what can I say here? What can I say? If we disagree, can the conversation continue? Because we are so easily offended in our society. 
it's like we can't be friends with people we disagree with, and we certainly can't love them. I might have mentioned this last week. I don't remember, but I was reading an article about someone that isn't talking to his grandmother because she voted for Trump. Then I ran into someone else who isn't talking to his grandparents because they voted for Trump. What's he going to do when they die? He's that offended he can't talk to them? That's ridiculous, and it loses sight of what he says he's fighting for, which is humanity, human rights, and, and civil decency. Here's the problem with being so easily offended. We're trying to control everybody. That's immediately what happens. I disagree with you. You're offended, so you tell me what I can and can't say, and then you and then you control it. And then you're no longer offended. You've eradicated any possible pain, and you've killed all possible intimacy. You've destroyed it. I see this all the time with couples, with parents and their adult children. With adult children and their parents. Oh, my goodness. You deign to give my little baby non-organic, grass-fed, purified, reverse osmosis, watered peaches? Well, you can never watch your grandchildren again. People aren't weapons. I just want to say that. People aren't weapons. If you have children and you use them to get back at your parents or your in-laws, you're engaging in activity that good people don't engage in. I struggle to see any goodness in that. Now, look, I'm not talking about if your parents or your in-laws are abusive or anything like that. I'm talking about stuff like, oh, you got mad at them, so now they can't see their grandkids. Don't be a jerk. If I, I don't have any tattoos because my wife doesn't like them. If I had a tattoo, that's what I'd get. I'd get, don't be a jerk, and on my back, I'd get life is hard. And I get it. We do this because we're trying to control the pain. We're trying to control things. And, and in society, we've just been told anything we don't like can be offensive and we can act any way we want. Seriously, I have friends that think uh, Justice Kavanaugh should have been should have been uh, confirmed. I have friends that think he shouldn't have. That's not the measure of whether or not they're good people. The measure of whether or not they're good people is whether or not they can engage in civil discourse about it. And if you want to have intimacy with your partner, with your friends... You have to be able to tolerate being offended, right? Let's just start with friends for a minute. Let's just say that there's a group of five couples. The number doesn't matter. I, I literally just randomly made it up. I looked at, up at my desk and there was a number five. So that was the number that I picked. Five couples, three of them get together, right? So, so there's six total people down together. Two couples get left out. They didn't get invited for whatever reason. They decided to go to a concert and they can only get six tickets. I don't know why. One couple of the remaining two is going to be like, oh, cool. I'm glad. I'm happy for them. The other couple, oh, that's so hurtful. They shouldn't put those pictures on Facebook. That hurts my feelings. What are they doing? Why don't they like me? I'm offended. I'm not talking to them. So now texts don't get answered. Phone calls don't get answered. It's immature and it kills intimacy because it's not safe. In order to have intimacy, you must have safety. You must. And if you get easily offended, you can't be safe. Because most of the time, the people that we love, they're not offending us on purpose. They're trying to figure it out just like we are. Where did this come from? This idea that just because you're offended, you're right. It's not real. It won't sustain relationships. And so the, the couple that gets left out of the concert or whatever is in our made-up story... Nobody knows why they're not talking to him. Now, they could go and say, hey, look, I was offended. But that doesn't mean they were right. It doesn't mean anybody has to change anything they did. It doesn't mean anything happened that needs to be corrected. It just means they went out this time without you. We have such a title of expectation, like we're owed something in every relationship. And one of the things that we're owed is everything we want. That's incredibly immature. And it puts an untenable amount of pressure on your friends to have a decent relationship with you. Let's talk about what it looks like in an intimate relationship, in a married relationship. If you're easily offended 
How does your partner trust you? How does your partner express themselves? I watch it in the room all the time. People get caught up in being offended. Did you like supper? No. Well, he could say it nicer. How? What? Well, it's nicer. I didn't like it. I appreciate your effort. Well, you don't have to say that. Well, like literally, that's a conversation that I, I heard. I'm always amazed at how easily offended people are by someone who they freely married, they freely get naked with and do everything that goes along with getting naked. And yet they're offended over the fact that they, they don't think that somebody on TV is attractive. That's actually a conversation that I have witnessed. Seriously, if you want better relationships, develop thicker skin. Not everyone who tells you that you didn't do something perfect is a hater. Not everyone who tells you that they don't like something you did is a hater. When your spouse tells you that, they probably are telling you that because they want what's best for you. Or start there anyhow. Give them the benefit of that assumption. Make generous assumptions. If you're offended, ask yourself, am I offended because this is rubbing on something inside of me? Because I don't know how you have real conversations if you can never be offended, if you're easily offended. If you're easily offended when your spouse says, hey, uh, you're really not doing this thing right. How does that work in a relationship? How do you develop intimacy? How do you have conversations where you disagree? And if you can't have conversations where you disagree with someone, how do you grow? How do you get better? How do you improve? How? I don't, I don't know how, like I'm not, I know I just keep saying this, but I don't know how you do it. And not only that, but when you are easily offended, most of the time what it does is it hurts you. It robs you of enjoying the moment that you're in because you're thinking about this moment in the past where you were easily offended, where they said something that hurt your feelings, where, where they hurt, did something that hurt your feelings, and they don't even know. And it becomes this monstrous infection inside of you that explodes all over your relationship and you destroy any ounce of safety you have. Now, when I talk about this, like if I'm speaking somewhere, a lot of times I'll get questions like, well, what do I do if I'm really offended? Well, then you address that, right? Like one of the things we have is the six rules of communication. One of those things is, does this have to be a problem? And, and how we determine if it has to be a problem is we run it through a little litmus test. If I'm standing next to their grave, if I'm standing next to my wife's grave, will this issue matter? If it will, then I need to bring it up now. And sometimes there's a history of those and I need to bring those up. But most of the time, if I were to just take a deep breath, Whatever I'm offended about will be better after I get a nap or after I get a cup of coffee or 20 minutes later when things have just settled down. I can't tell you how many fights couples have had where they come back and they tell me later, I don't remember what we were fighting about. Or now that I look back, what actually set off the fight was stupid. Because we're complicated human beings. I'm reading a book on decision making. It has nothing to do, at least based on its premise, with relationships. But one of the things that the author talks about is how we judge ourselves on our skill and we judge other people on, on their skill, right? So like if we, if we win, it's because of our skill. If someone else wins, they got lucky. If we lose, it's because we were unlucky. And if someone else loses, it's because they were unskilled. Or if they, you know, somebody starts a business and it falls apart, well, that's because they're not that smart. Now, we might not say that out loud, but that's how we act. And we get so offended if anybody challenges us challenges our beliefs, challenges what we think, gets so offended if somebody says, I disagree with you. And here's what happens. Be, be honest. Think about yourself. If you know people that are just easily offended by anything you do, what happens? You pull back. You withdraw. You don't trust them with what you're really thinking because you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know if you're going to hurt their feelings and they're not going to talk to you. You don't know if you're going to hurt their feelings and they're not going to bring it up. You don't know if they're going to hurt their feelings and they're not going to be able to get past it. 
you just withdraw. And so now we've got a vicious cycle of a person that's all alone or their spouse isn't connected to them. Their spouse is, 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 is soothing other ways, which isn't healthy. I'm not excusing that. And so they get more offended and we just spin and spin and spin. Just, just write this down. Healthy couples don't get easily offended. They save their offenses for things that matter. Your wife didn't get home from work when she thought she was going to. Well, she's probably busting her hump so that your family can have a nice roof over their head and food. Your husband got frustrated because you didn't get home from work when you thought you were going to. Well, he probably wants to see you. You don't have to be offended over their frustration. One of the things that happens, here's one of the reasons we're so easily offended. We assume as a society, we've gotten to this place where we assume that any negative energy from anyone else is, is constantly bad. If somebody's frustrated at a situation, we, we have no space for that in our society. This past weekend, I had a friend come over and help me winterize our camper. And I was stressed about it because we're, we're storing it someplace for the winter. And I read this email that we, you know, we had to have it in there between 9 and 3. And I had this really tight window to get it done because we had other stuff going on. My wife and I needed to get some stuff out. I needed her help to finish it. So she comes home from where she's at and we finish it up. We hook up the camper, which can be an ordeal sometimes. And we pull it out of our driveway and we drive the 10 miles, 7 miles to where we're going to drop it off. And there's an event going on. And my wife's like, wait, they have you dropping these off when there's an event going on? And I was like, uh, well, hmm. And it hit me that it was the 13th, not the 20th. And somehow in my head, I had, I was just a week ahead all of last week, which isn't a big deal until you're being ahead a week costs your wife an hour of her day that there's a lot to get done in. And so we drive back to the house, we back the camper into the driveway and we're unhooking it. And I can tell she's frustrated. And so I said to her, what's wrong? Why are you frustrated? And she says to me, I'm not, it's no big deal, but I am kind of frustrated that we did the whole hour thing. Do you know how many people get easily offended at that point? And, and hopefully you're sitting there thinking, Joe, who would get offended at that? Which means you wouldn't. Because like she had every right to be frustrated and she wasn't taking it out on me. So I need to create room for her to be frustrated at the situation, which gives her the freedom to be whatever she is, to feel her feelings, and I become a safe person for her. And hopefully through that, we build into it's something we can joke about now and laugh about. Ha ha ha, remember the time that you added an hour to the day and we practiced dropping the trailer off. And, and you know, someday that'll be really funny. But there's so many people who get offended because their spouse is frustrated over something that happened and the spouse isn't doing anything. You have to learn to endure your own being offended to move into intimacy. That's just how intimacy works. So if you want deeper, better relationships, work on being less offended. The next time you're offended, actually lean into the relationship rather than leaning into the being offended. In other words, seek the person out, talk to them, not about the thing you're offended about, just about life. Give them grace. Write out a list of three reasons that they could have done the thing that offended you with no ill intent and see where it takes you. All right, so that's this week's uh, kind of topic. If you have questions, feel free to write in info at joemartino.com, info, I-N-F-O at joemartino.com. What I want to talk to you about now is two questions. Amy from Grand Rapids writes, Joe, I really appreciate the show. I listen to you and a few other podcasts and I really enjoy it. I have found something that I disagree with you on though. You mentioned in your podcast a few weeks ago, I'm not sure of the episode, that you think pa- marriage is harder than parenting. I would have to disagree with you I find marriage to be really easy and parenting to be very difficult. 
I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, Amy in Grand Rapids, I think that's a great question. And for the listening audience, I did email Amy and get a little bit more information. All of her children are younger. And I would say that there are times, I I look at kind of life like seasons. I would say that there are times that marriage is harder than parenting and times that parenting is harder than marriage. One of the times that I believe parenting is much harder than marriage is when your children are young. We're talking, you know, kindergarten, first, second grade, and if you have two or three of them under that, it can be very demanding because they need you for a lot. There's a lot of, uh, of drama as they, they explore kind of figuring things out. And there's not always a very good, uh, they don't have very good skills or tools or cognitive ability to express to you what it is that's going on in their life. All you know is they're really frustrated and they're expressing it to you and you don't know what to do. And they're always touching you and they're blowing their snot on you. And they're like, you know, they're going to the bathroom, but they're not able to wipe themselves. Or if they do wipe themselves, they get it on their hands and then they touch you in the kitchen counter and it's gross and it's really hard. That's one of the hardest seasons of life. I think I personally think we had three children under four. That was really hard. That was really hard. And so to all of you parents, moms and dads, with littles at home, especially multiple littles, you have my utmost respect. And I don't think it's a competition to see which one's harder. And maybe I presented that way. I didn't mean to. So I think that it's just sometimes marriage is harder and sometimes uh, parenting is harder. And what I mean by marriage being hard is, to be honest with you, most of my marriage, and I'm coming up on 20 years very soon here, most of my marriage has been pretty easy. But it requires constant attention, constant work, constant corrections. And by nature, I feel like humans, we tend to let things kind of wander a little bit. We let it drift rather than that constant attention, that constant uh, course correction, if you will, that is necessary for healthy relationships. So Amy, I hope that answers your question. Others that might have had that question, I hope that answers it for you. I don't think that you know marriage is inherently harder than parenting. I think for some people it will be uh, because maybe of who they married. I think for some people, parenting will be more difficult because of a variety of reasons. I just know this, both parenting and marriage require the same, they both require the same basic idea of the, you know constant attention, constant course correction. And marriage is the rest of our lives, right? And we're parents for the rest of our lives. But our kids do grow up, they do move on, move out of the house, uh, ideally. And, and they, they embrace and engage their own adulthood, which brings its own set of issues and problems. But I think they're less stressful. The thing about marriage is, is parenting's part of it, and so as you're, if you're going to parent together, you're, you're, you're marriaging through that as well. Uh, so hopefully that answers the question, Amy, in Grand Rapids. If not, feel free to email me back, and we will discuss it some more. Okay, next question is from Anne in Pittsburgh. Anne from Pittsburgh writes, Dear Joe, I appreciate your episodes on the change process. I'm struggling with my goals. I'm not talking about a simple goal like flossing your teeth every night. I'm talking about really difficult goals. I've tried all year to lose weight but I keep floundering. I am simultaneously working on improving my social skills. Currently, I have six weekly social goals and four additional monthly goals. As a shy introvert, the intensities of these goals is exhausting, as well as tempting me to use food as comfort. In regards to the change process, how many difficult goals can a person realistically keep in the action phase? 
Am I causing myself unnecessary stress because I keep relapsing off with my weight loss goal? Should I wait until most of my social goals are in the maintenance phase or next time choose not to have so many goals within the same category? Am I too naive in thinking I have the capacity to achieve success this way? Anne from Pittsburgh. First of all, Anne from Pittsburgh, I want you to know that your name and your city are both very... uh, Near and dear to me, Anne was my mom's name, minus the E that your name has. And Pittsburgh is, of course, one of my favorite cities from my home state where I grew up in the PA. Okay, so let's talk about your question. I actually think you probably have too many goals going at once. And probably, so there's two types of goals, right? There's the stretch goal. That's the end goal, which which in this, it would look like uh, you know trying to lose weight um, and, and improving your social skills. So those are the end goals. Six weekly social goals and four additional monthly social goals seems like too many to me. I would cut the six down to two, and, and you could keep the four maybe and, and experiment there. And if you found that you were still exhausted, as you put it in, in your email, I would probably cut that down to two and two. So two for the month and then two weekly. And as you get comfortable with those, I would add one. Six is, I mean, that's a lot of of effort required there. And I applaud you for it. I don't think you're naive. I think you're, it sounds like you're pretty ambitious. And I feel like you are maybe just trying to reach a little too far. And and that's, you know, stretching you out a little too much. Uh, Think of it as, you know, somebody who maybe is getting into exercise. They haven't run like myself. You know, I went a long time without exercising. I didn't go straight into the gym and just kind of pick up where I left off, you know, 10 years ago. And so, and with you here, this is something that you're actually working probably against how your body's wired, especially when it comes to socially, the shy introvert part. I think you can be more socially involved if that's what it sounds like your goal is, but I would probably cut that down to two and two. So two additional monthly goals and then two weekly goals. And just see how you go with those two. If they still stress you out, cut it down to one and two. Or one and one or two and one. You know, it's not a race. You have the whole rest of your life to do this. Um, I think that you you will find more success if you allow yourself the space to go slow. The weight thing, I, I, I guess I should email you and find out what floundering means. Uh, what we know about weight loss is it does go up and down. Uh, the only people that disagree with that are people trying to sell you a multi-level marketing weight loss system. It goes up and down, and, and the process can be slow. Um, one of the things that I always encourage my clients when they're talking about losing weight is make lifestyle changes and then system changes. So one of the things that I had to do when I wanted to lose weight was I had to I had to figure out how many Oreos um, I could eat and stay inside the system. So if you look at it, there's basically three Oreos uh, is about what I should eat. And so I eat three Oreos occasionally. Um, now I did not need for my family to not eat Oreos. I'm, I'm okay. The Oreos can be in the room and I'll just walk by them. Some people, they would be, you know, they have to ask their family not to do that. I don't know where you're at on that process. I don't know what your goals are. I don't know how, what you mean by floundering. So if you're trying to lose a lot of weight, slower is better. It's better for your body. It's better for you. Uh, Certainly you should consult a medical professional on what exactly an ideal weight loss process would be for you. The research that I do, and I'm not a professional in this area, so this is just my own anecdotal research. Well, it's not anecdotal. It's certainly research that I've done, is you really shouldn't do more than a pound and a half to two pounds a week 
Uh, any diets that are offering, you know, 30 pounds in 30 days, they kind of scare me. Uh, check with your doctor if, 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 you know, your medical system covers it, your insurance. Talk to a nutritionist and, and those types of things. I do know one of the biggest things that, that causes people to not be able to stay in the change process when it comes to weight is they fail to make system changes. So they're just like one of the things that I had to do was I had to replace my snacks. I couldn't just say, okay, I'm not going to eat these snacks. So I, I ate an apple a day for 100 days, and it changed my mindset about how I looked at food. Uh, I went from Oreos to a handful of nuts. Uh, I increased my protein intake. And these were things that I did because if, if I'm full, in fact, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to drink uh, a protein drink. Uh, if I'm full, then I don't eat. I don't snack. I don't graze. Right, so I wish you the best of luck there. I really would consider reducing those social goals and don't be afraid to incorporate some professional help on the weight side, the weight loss side, the weight loss journey. I would look at it as a journey. I wouldn't look at it as I've got to get to this weight. I personally tend to function better if I focus on activity goals rather than weight loss. So there are activity goals that I have uh, that are pretty beneficial for me and they might be beneficial for you as well. You know, maybe walking or exercising or running, whatever it is you like to do. I don't, I don't know what kind of exercise program or regime you might be currently in. Uh, and then, you know, looking at your food and, and, and looking at the things that you can do, not the things that you can't do. I hope that answers your question. If it doesn't, please feel free to email me again and uh, I'll take another run at it. Thanks so much for writing in. I do appreciate it. I want to thank you, the listener, for listening. Uh, I do have one announcement uh, that I want to make sure you hear. We are uh, confirmed for Joe Martino Counseling is going to Greenville. This will be our fourth office. We are looking at a opening in the very near future. I'll have a specific date for you soon. Uh, this is very exciting news for us because we want to take uh, our help. We want to make counseling available to everyone. We don't want people to say, well, I can't get counseling because I have to take a long drive. So I'm looking forward to being in Greenville. I don't think I personally will be there, but our office will be there, and we do uh, are going to staff it with world-class therapists. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.